Handle on the News. Handle on the News! Shut up, Bill. Sound like a dying donkey, weirdo. And now, here's Bill Handle. All right, Friday, uh, KFI AM 640. Oh, yeah, it's a Friday. And uh, we're going to have some fun stuff today. You know, John Thomas, uh, Neil Saavedra. Uh, good morning, uh, Jennifer Jones-Lee. Hi, Handel. And guess who's back? Wayne Resnick. Yay. Good morning. Wayne is back from jury duty and... Serving up justice. Yep, at 820. Hot and steaming. At 820, uh, Wayne is uh, going to share with us what happened in the trial. It was a criminal trial. Ooh. He was not an alternate. He was on the jury. Really? Yeah. I started as an alternate, started, but I ended then up... We'll talk more about it, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Death penalty. No, no. no. Oh, do I have that wrong? You have it very oh, wrong. Oh, okay. Oh. That's if you were on a jury. Yeah, panel. oh, man, if you were on the jury, <laughs> yeah. forget it. Right. Uh, misdemeanor theft. <laughs> Death penalty. Wait a minute. It's 30 days. Jaywalking. <laughs> Death, Death penalty. penalty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to the mall and say, can you make me a shirt? I have jury duty. This is Bill at the mall. I'm jury duty. Can you make me a shirt that says death penalty? I'm going to wear it every day. Yeah, exclamation mark. Uh, all right. And uh, Alex, good morning. Morning. And uh, there's uh, John. Morning. Good, mor- good morning, John. Are we not, uh, we're not ribbing him for being Catholic anymore? Did that change while I was gone? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair enough. Well, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, because he is considering, considering converting. He is. Mazel tov, uh, John. Mazel tov. Welcome L- to the tribe. Yeah, Lacham, shalom to you. The doors are going to start opening wide for you. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, before we get to handle on the news, do you guys want the news coming out of Florida this oh morning? Oh, God, yes. All right. So this is in uh, Doral, Florida. A man shot up a Trump National Golf Club. He shouted anti-Trump rhetoric. Apparently, he showed up and said he wanted to ambush cops. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says the shooter lost the gunfight. He was arrested. This individual, this subject, came in, removed the flag from a flagpole at the rear of the uh, of the complex, and uh, brought it into the hotel lobby and draped it over the counter and began to uh, to yell out uh, anti. Trump, President Trump uh, rhetoric. But he says he can't figure out exactly what the man's intentions were. But we know what he was trying to do at the time, and that is, um, it appears that he was trying to uh, engage our police officers, some type of ambush type of attack. And engage she did, and in fact, one officer broke some bones in the standoff. He should be okay, but yeah. the guy's been arrested. So. Yeah, they ha- when they identify him, he will be the ranking Democrat on the House Commerce Committee. <laughs> you watch. <laughs> At least he was patriotic and had uh, a flag. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, so so he the the bad guy here didn't hit anybody with a bullet. It looks no, and that's that's the thing. And I don't he was understand. shot. And he was shot a bunch of times, right? Yes, and he. I think he's in the hospital. But the officer, it just yeah. All we know is he broke some bones, but I, it doesn't say how. Maybe fell. Fell trying to tackle the guy. Who knows? So. Mm. All right, and then uh, the story uh, about uh, this guy uh, Stephen Beal who is uh, going to be accused of uh, blowing up that spa in, uh, is that Aliso Viejo? Or maybe? Yeah, Aliso Viejo. And he's only at this point been charged with an unregistered explosive device. I didn't even know what that was. It, uh, here, I had Alex look it up. 
registered invo- ex- uh, explosive devices are fireworks. Uh, oh, like model rockets. Right, that things. sort of thing, which have to be registered and okay, and a certain amount of explosive is limited, and those are registered. Beyond that, they're considered unregistered, and that is a crime in and of itself. Also, uh, oh, and they found uh, two working bombs uh, in his uh, house. That's a little problematic, too, after a search warrant. Yeah. Uh, he's going down for a while. Good long time. They finally released some of the details, though, of the explosion. Did you guys see this? They said that the explosion, these, this mom and daughter were walking up. You know, you come out of a spa and you walk up to the counter and you go to pay. Apparently, it was right at that time that the victim grabbed the package and started to open it. They said the blast was so big, it blew a hole in the ceiling. Ooh. And they found this woman, her her body, parts of her body were found in the parking lot outside. Yeah, that, I mean, it just blew. Uh, that's the what, force was that's, incredible. That's what happens. I mean, anybody near a bomb blast, they're it, they're in pieces. Honestly, I can't believe that the two women who were walking toward her weren't hurt more. Uh, it's just, I mean, they were injured, but not yeah. not like yeah. This was beyond was. just a statement, to say the least. Also, yeah. if you're going to go after someone. Uh, it's look at the trouble uh, you go to if you're if you're manufacturing a bomb. Uh, did he think he was going to get away with it as opposed to walking in and shooting her? Uh, it's it maybe who the, who the hell knows whether he ever talks or not. Well, Gina Haspel has been confirmed as first female CIA director. Gina, Gina. And we assume she would. Yeah, and. Uh, there are so many issues she has to deal with, but when she was in front of the uh, Senate committee, the uh, the questioning was all about torture. It was all about torture, and it was all about her operating a black ops interrogation center uh, in Turkey, and it just went on and on, and she said, no, I don't believe in it now. We've changed. Uh, you, she, she was heard muttering to uh, her lawyer, let me tell you what torture is sitting here for two days listening to this yeah. crap. That's torture. It's probably true. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it is. But in the end, she was confirmed. Uh, a very interesting sidelight, uh, sidebar story is that six Democrats went over to the other side. Most of them are running for reelection in states that went for Trump. Tell me that was that that it's all political. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh and uh, oh, horrible. And didn't win by vast margins either. Uh, so uh, they're thinking, oh man, I'm running. I'm running again. Well, though they did define six years ago, but I'm running again in this uh, political climate. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, we'll be back. Also, your chance to win a thousand dollars. All right. They keep my head from All right, we're back on a Friday. Handle and the morning crew. First, we start with your chance to win some money. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. They call the winner, and you have to answer or you can't win. Karen in La Habra answered and won $1,000. Your next chance to win next hour. Okay, we're back. Uh, some of the top stories that we are covering. Uh, the big one that just broke a few minutes ago, a shooting at a Trump uh, golf course in the Miami area, and the shooter came in, missed 
everybody, obviously a very high handicap, uh, just just couldn't shoot. And then at 8.20, Wayne is back. He's going to talk about his trial. What happened? Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, we're all excited about that. Uh, the juror of the year. And Wayne was not an alternate. He was one of the jurors. And we'll explain that later on. So let's continue with Handle on the News. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne, and me. Hey, you got a nice North Korea here. <laughs> be a shame if something happened to it. And I think it won't be a Jones Jones time till Trump comes <laughs> Well, President Trump offers protection to Kim Jong-un if he plays nice, but hints that things could get bad if he doesn't. How does any leader, much less Kim Jong-un, listen to this stuff and not say, you know what, go put it where the sun don't shine? Uh, It's just uh, astounding. Uh, Effectively, he said, we're going to do exactly what we did in Libya, decimate the country if you don't come to the table and give up your nukes. But if you come to the table and give up your nukes, we'll take care of you. That's what Trump is saying. Yeah, we'll let you stay as uh, the dictator of uh, North Korea. Right, we promise we won't try to overthrow you, and he's talking about, without specifics, some kind of military help for Kim Jong-un. Even if there was a military incursion, let's just say we've gotten involved. Uh, do you go for regime change? Because now you have, it's balls to the wall. You have every man, woman, and child in North Korea fighting you because of the job they did, uh, of the Kim family brainwashing. So they will look at, uh, they will look at removal of Kim as, uh, the ultimate, uh, the disaster, uh, their lives aren't worth living anymore. That kind of fanaticism. So, uh, you know. Come on, guys. A lot of bluster with the president. A lot of bluster. Well, there's sort of a victory if you are Bell Gardens Assemblywoman Christina Garcia because she's been cleared of all sexual harassment allegations. Dirty deeds and the yeah. Accused of playing in a softball game in 2014 and uh, grabbed uh, a former staff member uh, by the butt and tried to make the move for his crotch. And he complained, and they're fine. And uh, it was ruled. Uh, I think it was the Assembly Investigation Committee yeah. said there's nothing here. Yeah, mm-hmm. they said they couldn't verify anything, but they did say, "Hey, look, we acknowledge though she's engaged in a bad pattern yeah. of behaviors, like oh, I don't know, vulgar language." And she has to go to sensitivity and sexual oh. harassment training. Uh, Wait, if she didn't grab she didn't him, do why does she have because to? Because she to- has a reputation of being vulgar and making sexual jokes. And I think she so even she did admitted. do something that's improper. But I don't just think not she, the I don't thing think, that this yeah, guy yeah. said. I don't think the accusation is. Oh, by the way, making sexual jokes in the assembly. When did that become uh, a basis for disciplinary action? I, I, after Harvey Weinstein yeah, uh, yeah. was revealed to be a creep. Yeah, they, I guess they changed their rules. So, and she took uh, unpaid leave. Yeah, I wonder if she mm-hmm. now asks for reimbursement, reinstatement of her checks. Maybe. I would. She's going back to work Monday. All right. Chinese USC students. Do I have that right? Or is that the wrong story? I think you skipped five. You skipped five. Oh, okay. Story five is the secret. That was never a secret. Dirty deeds and the And this is this uh, lawsuit against uh, Tony Cardenas, which was filed under seal and officially in court. was He was only known as John Doe. But he said, I'm the target of this lawsuit earlier this month. 
and that it's untrue. And so now the news is that the judge said the attorneys can the attorneys yeah. can now say that it's him, but he already said that it's yeah, him. Yeah, so it's not big news. I'll tell you the, the, the devastating news here. There have been three legislators who have uh, been removed from office or had to resign. I know two of them very well. Hmm, handle. What does that say about the that's pre- travel or that's the, the, the company the you travel. keep? That's precisely the question. Birds, here. feathers, to the point mm. where together. to the point where I call them by their first names. Hmm. Not saying. Yeah. Just saying. I know. I know. Is your point that they were a bad influence on you, or you are the bad influence? No. It's just. You get caught up. I, there are, I'm willing to bet 80% of these male legislatures have done something uh, in terms that's considered inappropriate over a career. Uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine who is uh, uh, involved in show business. Uh, and I said, I asked, how many, if you had to guess, how many men in show business or uh, politics or uh, the corporate world you could make an accusation? a solid accusation that they acted inappropriately over their careers. And I said, what, 50, 60%? And he said, oh, no, 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 no. Let's go into the 80 and 90% range. It's just, it's a different world. Men are wired differently. Men are pigs. And society allowed men to be pigs. Matter of fact, it's in the law. It's in the California Constitution. Men are allowed to be pigs. Okay, Let's uh, let's take a break. And then Chinese students. And then Chinese students. That's correct. And we'll be uh, back. But first. Look, I don't mean to frustrate, but I always make the same mistakes. Yeah, always make KFI the same handle mistakes. here on a Friday, May 18th. Okay, it's a free movie Friday with Adam tickets. Uh, they're giving you a chance at free movie tickets. Uh, you want to text them out te- uh, now. Text reporter to Adam1, A-T-O-M, numeral one for your chance to win. This is the Adam Tickets app. You can browse movie titles, buy tickets, invite friends, pre-order concessions all from your phone and skip the lines. Standard data and text message rates may apply. Who the hell has uh, data and text message rates anymore? All right. Okay. But, you know... I have to read it. And handle, I sorry, I am getting this into my ear right now. Uh, what you and I were just talking about has just changed. So now police in Galveston County, Texas, say they are responding to an active shooter incident at a high school in Santa Fe. One student tells ABC someone entered her art class and shot someone in the leg. The school is on lockdown. So this is, so here's the question. How many more of these shooting stories in high schools are we going to have for the end of the show? I know. Really depressing. All right. Let's go back and uh, do more Handle on the News. Jennifer Jones-Lee, Wayne Resnick, and me. And now the story we've been teasing. USC's aggressive recruitment of Chinese students now facing a bit of a challenge because of that scandal involving USC's gynecologist. aggressive recruitment of Chinese students to USC and now because of this gynecologist at the school who's been accused of inappropriate touching and yep. lewd remarks one guy, and one guy, one guy inappropriate touching in the meantime how long are China, have Chinese students been aggressively recruited and how many have they actually how many even before aggressively recruiting SC is simply where they go to 
It's yeah. just that stu- It's just that simple. And it's uh, why? Because they're really good students. Because they're Asians, without trying to sound like a complete racist, Asians. And uh, also, by the way, go to Berkeley uh, and see how many Asians there are in the sciences. And uh, also, uh, they pay big tuition dollars. They pay out-of-state tuition, which uh, makes a lot of money for the school. But now the Chinese government is issuing a statement saying, hey, we're really concerned about this because the accusations against this gynecologist, Tyndall, at the school, basically... he's being accused of all of these, you know, improper examinations and improper photos and whatever of everybody. And it wasn't until after he resigned or retired that finally the school acknowledged there had been accusations against him. The school's being accused of not being aggressive enough. So so I'm sure they will be. I'll bet you they're now going to go and look for professors at every Panda Express within five miles of the school. Okay, let's move on. Uh, this attorney from New York City who, who went viral in a video screaming about people speaking Spanish now has a grievance filed against him. You're just one of the men. Yeah, with the state bar. Right, with the state bar. He also, I, I believe he was uh, kicked out of his building where his offices were. And, I mean, this could be the end of his career. I don't think so. Except I, that Richard Spencer may want to float his yeah. business card around well, those circles I have now. to tell you, the state bar isn't going to do jack with this uh, because this isn't, this isn't egregious enough. You can be a racist all day long and scream at people. The state bar has to do with uh, what you do interferes with your legal practice. And there is uh, conduct uh, not becoming. I mean, but uh, you have to go. What's the number one... Uh, reason that attorneys get disciplined. Uh, I think I know what it is. uh, Abandonment of client. Here in California, client abandonment. More often than messing around with the client trust funds? Yep, Ah. yep. Abandonment of client is the number one here in California. They take it so seriously. And then uh, screwing around with uh, trust funds. uh, That's... This is just him ranting about people speaking Spanish. State Bar is going to say, we, we don't have jurisdiction over this. I mean, we're done. He even laughed when, he was made, when an accusation was made against him. Now, being kicked out of the building, that's going to be interesting because can you be a racist at another place? And if he has a lease, what are they going to argue? Well, that's why when I heard about that, I, I'm like, I'd love to see a copy of the lease yeah. to see what clause this violates. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, L.A. congressional candidate who has posted this video of her day at Denny's, I guess, about a bathroom confrontation that she had with a man in the ladies' room. Yeah. Here's another one of which, come on, mind your own business. So a woman comes out and says there's a man in the the restroom. So uh, uh, this candidate, uh, Jasmina Saavedra, yes, Yes, it's uh, Neil's sister, uh, who walked, uh, then says there's a man there. So this Jasmina goes in and starts screaming at him. He's in the stall. He's in the stall with the, the door closed. And she's going, why do you use the ladies' room? And he's going, you're invading my yeah, privacy. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's none of your damn business. If I want to self-identify as uh, a woman, as a matter of fact... If I want to self-identify as a woman, I can do that. And uh, just she's out of her mind. Of course, uh, she is uh, a member of the Republican uh, Republican Party. And I only say that because um, uh, 
if you're looking at people that are really anti, in, insert name of sexual activity here, it's generally uh, right-wing Republicans. They believe in getting involved in the bedroom. Now, her defense is, she says, this is so stupid. This has nothing to do about gay or nothing. This is about how myself and the other customers feel in danger by hearing a man's voice inside. in the stall, right? Come on, really? She said, you cannot put together a man and a woman in the same bathroom. Sure you can. She never went to a Prince concert at the Forum then. Yeah. Because I went in there to pee, and it was nothing but women in the men's room. Right, because because the, the, the women's lines, room, right? You yeah, can't the get lines in. are so long. I was once uh, uh, my mother. I was at an event with my mother at a play, and this was a uh, hundred million years ago, uh, where uh, my mother uh, she couldn't take it anymore. She had to pee, so she goes into the men's room, and I have just finished, so I'm waiting outside the door, and some guy comes out, looks at me, goes, "There's a woman in there." I go, "It's my mother." <laughs> we'll be back. And uh, finish it up. KFI AM uh, six forty. Bill Handel here, and uh, let's finish up Handel on the News Late Edition with Jennifer Jones Lee. Wayne Resnick, and at 820, Wayne is going to spend, we're going to do a segment on his uh, jury duty uh, little episode uh, yesterday when he finished it up, and also there's a new video up, right, on Instagram? There's a video of you on Instagram, at Bill Handel Show. Yep, of me. You kind of, uh, you deal with some of the bigger spiritual issues, such as what is heaven. That's correct. In this I actually, video. I describe heaven. You know, and I'm not a very religious guy, but when it comes to this, I am religious. This ought to be good. You go watch that video. Yeah. Uh, the new dress code at a restaurant in North Carolina has some people very upset. Kickback Jacks. Yeah, no. Is the name of the place? No low hanging pants or short uh, shorts. No plain white T-shirts. No excessively baggy attire. Oh my God! And of course, they're racist because. That's typically younger African-American type attire. Uh, Also, backpacks, stilettos, balloons, and large parties are not allowed uh, because uh, that's, you know, that's true. Uh, Because when you have uh, groups of uh, young African-American men in hoodies and uh, baggy clothes, they also all carry balloons with them. And wear stilettos. Yes. I, so you, I can't film fetish videos of women in stilettos popping no. balloons? I mean, come on. Uh, everything everything wow. is racist, isn't it? And a restaurant says, here's our dress code. Thank you. They have every right to say that. I just. There's an Austrian man who's been put in jail for glorifying Nazism after cops found a joke Hitler branded wine in his house. Springtime for Hitler and Germany. Apparently, the guy's, he's 31 years old, and he was found to. Own several bottles of this Hitler branded wine. Yeah, and this is the problem with Austria and Germany is uh, you can't even use the word Nazi. Uh, it's a criminal offense. And uh, if you, well, there's no thing as the Nazi Party. Here we have a Nazi Party. Here it's freedom of uh, of speech to print all of the pro Nazi stuff. If you're caught over there with any of that, it's a it's offense. I mean, you're, it's jail time. And so the, here's a joke bottle of Hitler wine, and he went to jail for six months for it. 
Yeah, they were labeled. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, um, not in, crazy. They didn't say this, but one people, one empire, one leader. Hitler wine. No, it's the fan base of Hitler. I know. Just uh, Neil once gave me a bottle of wine that was, uh, and I should bring it in because I still have it. Messiah blood wine. Oh. <laughs> and what? It's one word. Messiah blood. Oh man. Wow. Uh yeah. I'd go. I should go to jail for that. Right? Did you the, drink it? No, because it's. I'm sure it's really crappy wine. But it doesn't matter. Uh, obviously, it's for the it's for the bottle, Masab blood. Yeah. Uh, Trump administration wants to uh, go after abortion by tying up the money. Yeah. And Although it's not a new policy, it's a reversion to a policy that Ronald Reagan put into place in '88, and it's if you if you're providing abortions, you have to or, have a separate physical right. location and separate personnel. From any other family that used to be that way. So if you're an organization, let's say family planning or Planned Parenthood, you can't, according to to this new uh, new law uh, or uh, a new procedure, you can't even say there's an abortion clinic down the road. Here's the address. We don't do abortions. Even the referral is, or even saying, giving the information, you get federal funds cut off. By the way, this is gonna this is gonna fall constitutionally in about two seconds. Well, states are moving to either limit or even ban the marriages of children. Marriage is for old folks, old folks, not for men. Which makes sense. What, 14-year-olds getting married? Yeah. And they have the right to do that? No, they don't. No, I mean, and over the past couple of years, seven states have raised their minimum marriage age to 16 or 17, and at least seven more are considering legislation to tighten their rules. But yeah, that's crazy. I mean, well, because of uh, the uh, the coercion, of course, and uh, it's just it's really crazy. If you cannot, if you're not legally allowed to file for divorce, you should not yes. be allowed to get married. Yeah, absolutely. Point. All right, let's finish it up with one more story. All right, speaking of children, uh, the birth rate in California is at a century low. Please think of the children. Say the children. Yep. Birth rates lower even than during the Great Depression when nobody was in a good mood to get it on. So I'm assuming more people die than are born, yet our uh, population keeps increasing, but it's all immigration. It's immigration, yeah. It's all immigration. Uh, Down 3% from last year, and uh, there you go. All right, uh, coming up, uh, what lies ahead for Gina Haspel, our new, she's been confirmed, our new CIA director, And uh, we'll talk about some of the things that she has to go through now. This is KFI AM 640. All right, back we go. Yep, it is a Friday morning, May 18th. Uh, A lot going on. First of all, uh, some of the stories that were covering some news on the Mueller interview with the president. Uh, Ebola is uh, now uh, a the uh, health risk assessment is very high in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Congo and, Con- Congo. and we just got some news about the royal wedding uh, tomorrow at 4 a.m. And uh, the issue was, was Meghan Merkel's dad going to show up? We know that the answer is no. And... The big international question, who is going to walk Meghan Markle down the aisle? Well, we just have the news, and that is Prince Charles will walk her a third of the way. Then she walks 
herself all the way, and there'll be no one to give the bride away. So when the Archbishop of Canterbury says, and who giveth this bride to this man? Anybody? Ah, come on, somebody has to. I've got 800 people in this audience. Please. It's going to be a very entertaining wedding. Guaranteed. All right. Gina Haspel yesterday was confirmed as uh, the new CIA director, 54 to 45. Uh, She's extraordinarily well-credentialed. As a matter of fact, if you look at her background, she has spent 30 years within the CIA. Uh, She is the first CIA operations officer to get this position, who has gone through the ranks in 50 years Because what the CIA, like other major agencies and cabinet positions are about, there is so much politics that goes into the selection, the nomination, the confirmation of uh, a CIA director. And uh, even this one had all kinds of political considerations. And I'm I'm not just talking about party lines either. I'm talking about it gets deeper than that with the politics of what happened yesterday. So, uh, she's in front of the Senate, right? Uh, The confirmation hearing. um, And so, what are the issues, right, uh, that she wants to talk about and uh, the Senate uh, senator sort of just peripherally touched on? The Russian aggression, Iranian ambitions in the Middle East, China's increasing global reach, cyber attacks that are coming in the United States— terrorism and uh the and of course the investigation into and the intelligence dealing with terrorism uh so you think uh, that would be sort of the point right that would be the basis of which questions would be asked because that's pretty important stuff nope senators barely touched on those virtually all the questions focused on her role in the agency's then-secret network of overseas prisons where terrorism suspects were either tortured or were engaged in enhanced interrogation techniques, whichever way you want to describe it. Waterboarding is either either uh, torture or, as uh, Wayne said, it's an afternoon at Raging Waters. It's one of those two. And so the, she, it was horrible because she had to spend so much time saying, nope, I wouldn't do it again. We have a different moral standards. Nope, if I was asked to, I wouldn't. Uh, it's just, I mean, oh, so much time. And what a load of crap, really. The answer really is, hey, it was a different time. It was after 9-11, that's where we were. We were looking for the terrorists. Anybody who we caught that was a terrorist, we wanted information. And damn straight, we, well, if you want to call it torture, and it is. I mean, it wasn't uh, the electrodes on the genitals, although it very well could have been. In that one picture at Abu Ghraib, where you have that guy in a hood, and uh, the hood over his head, standing up on that box. You remember that? And uh, that went around the world to prove how horrible the United States is. And so, uh, you know, come on, really? So she spent 30 years going up through the ranks. She oversaw the prisons. 
There was one in Turkey that they talked about in which uh, they, the United States had to get some information. And then there was a very interesting question. Do you think torture actually provides enough information or provides legitimate information? And she said, nope, I don't believe it. And then she backtracked and saying, well, we use torture as well as other techniques and we, and we were able to obtain good information. In other words, combining torture, at least that's the way I read it, with just general questioning. John McCain, incidentally, is the person who is most against torture, uh, uh, torture and he voted against her confirmation. The man, uh, the, uh, the only person in Congress who actually has suffered under torture, serious torture, when he was a prisoner of war in uh, North Vietnam. And so he has all the credibility in the world when it comes to that. So the vote is 54 to 45 to confirm, mainly along party lines, which it normally is. But you had six senators who went the other way, Democratic senators who went the other way. So why did they split? I mean, do they truly believe that Gina Gina Haspel is as qualified and she should be the CIA director no matter what, even if she had uh, run these uh, investigative prisons? Well, uh, let's go back to politics. Remember I uh, started with uh, there is a lot of politics involved? These are Republicans who are running in districts in states or running in states where Donald Trump won, seriously won, and they had better back up the administration. So uh, we're talking about, excuse me, Democrats who, in fact, normally would vote against but they're running in they're running for this their senate seat in republican states you'd better vote for her because uh the trumpists are going to start screaming about how you are a traitor to the cause okay i get it okay i get it i get it i'm voting in favor even though i'm a democrat even though normally i wouldn't vote in favor all right coming up Remember Minority Report with uh, Tom Cruise? Minority Report. Well, there's a new film out, Minority Report 2. But the star is the acting director of ICE. Huh? Oh, no. You'll see what I mean. Also, your chance to win $1,000. But first, uh, there's Jennifer Jones. She's an uptown get around. Anything goes here on a Friday, May 18th. Uh, some of the big stories we're covering. Uh, there was a Trump golf course shooting this morning. A uh, guy who came in and started shooting at the place. He was shot several times. No one else injured. Good news. And uh, we're getting a lot of news about uh, the wedding tomorrow. Dad won't show up. Uh, we know who is walking uh, Megan down the aisle. Nobody. Well, Prince Philip for five feet. Charles. Charles. Prince Charles. Excuse me. Yeah, Prince Philip. I mean, I don't even think he can walk anymore. 
what, he's 96 or something? He'll be there, though. Oh, yeah. And just real quickly, the update on this Texas shooting, the assistant principal of the high school in Santa Fe now says that the shooter has been arrested and secured. No comment on possible injuries to him. And it was just one student who said that somebody entered her art class and shot someone in the leg this morning. That's the report she gave to ABC News. Okay, and that just broke uh, a little while ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get to the topic at hand, here's your chance to win a thousand bucks. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword "bank" to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's "bank" to two hundred two hundred. The winner is notified with a phone call. If you don't answer it, they move on to somebody else. James in Fallbrook, he answered the call and won $1,000. Your next chance to win coming up next hour. All right. Uh, When uh, the president talked about during the campaign that he wants to stop illegal aliens coming in, and as far as asylum seekers, to use extreme vetting. And I question what that is because already the vetting is pretty hard. I mean, it can take 18 months before someone is allowed in the United States, assuming that the application is made outside the U.S. So we're talking about not even doing it at the border and being, quote, illegal, but I'm talking about asking outside. So what is extreme vetting? Well, here is what the administration wanted. And Do you remember Minority Report where uh, Tom Cruise was part of figuring out people were going to commit crimes, sort of a mind a Vulcan, what do they call that? The mind, uh, whatever they do. You put your finger on your forehead and uh, you vulcanize the person. Never mind. Figuring out what someone is going to think. And that's precisely what ICE wanted to do with a new software program that actually mines Facebook and mines the Internet and uh, wants to find out the kind of person you want, uh, that you are going to be, and are you a risk? They call it the Visa Lifecycle Vetting Program. And uh, what it does is determine in advance, is the visitor going to or might commit criminal or terrorist acts, or is a positive contributing member of society? Now, I happen to think I have no problem with uh, when someone is applying to come to the United States, we want someone that's going to help, not hurt. I don't even want someone that's going to be sort of a neutral uh, person coming in here. Not going to help, not going to hurt. No, I want people that are going to help this country. So I have no problem. Except how do you figure out what they're going to think? How do you figure out if that person is a threat? Now, obviously, if it's on a terrorist watch list, that's not a problem. But if you have an algorithm that mines all of the Internet and puts it all together and a machine figures it out and you are precluded from coming in this country predicated on what this computer program says about what you might do, it's a civil liberties issue, don't you think? So Democrats are saying no, civil libertarians are saying uh, this is going to chill free speech, uh, unproven technology. So you know what ICE did? They dropped it. Did they drop it because of uh, the civil liberties aspect of it? No. 
It just got to be too expensive. This had to be custom made. There's off. Uh, there's no off the shelf technology at all they can use. Uh, it's very cumbersome. The vetting process of the vetting process, the vetting process of this program is very complicated. And so what do they do? They dropped it, and now they're hiring an outside contractor for training for uh, individuals looking at the Internet. So it becomes human intelligence is what it does. It sort of does the same thing, except it's not a, it's not a computer program. It's human beings that are trained to do this. But then what do you think has more room for error? Human beings or the computer programs? And therein is the question. How much information is the government entitled to? I think it's unlimited. Should the government be able to predict how you are thinking? Well, you know, then don't go on the Internet. Don't have a Facebook page. I'm fine with uh, this algorithm. And I think it could open up the question because I really want to know. I truly want to know. They do that already. Someone applies to come here for a visa. How much money do you have? Uh, Do you have assets? Do you have a job? Do you have family here? What kind of job do you have? We want people in this country that are going to aid our country, not that are going to be on the dole and cost us which is why visas are damn hard to get today. So we're already doing that. This just brings it to another level of sophistication. Because here's the assumption. The assumption is if you ask for a a tourist visa and you're from, let's say, Latin America, and you don't have a highly skilled job that we need, you don't have assets in the bank, you don't have much money, you're not going to get a visa. Why? Because of the risk that you are going to come to the United States, not have a job, and take advantage of us. We're already there. All right. Coming up. No human being is illegal. You've seen those signs? There is a world to that. Legal, moral, historical. Just that one phrase. No human being is illegal. I'll come back with that. KFI AM 640. KFI handle here on a Friday, May 18th. Some of the biggest stories that we are covering. Uh, first of all, the certainly the wedding tomorrow. And uh, it starts at 4 a.m. And I think we're covering it live here on KFI. I do believe that's the case. And we now know who's going to be walking uh, Megan down the aisle. Nobody. Who's going to be giving her away? Nobody. Okay, and uh, other story, an Ebola story coming out of uh, the Democratic Republican of the Congo, used to be the Belgian Congo, and uh, that that's a big issue I want to talk about if I can uh, throughout this show. All right, uh, now, uh, two issues about language that I want to discuss. Uh, one of them is uh, just the controversy of what the president said at a meeting. We talked about that meeting in which he had uh, members of uh, law enforcement community and elected officials uh, who 
went to Washington to meet with him regarding the sanctuary state issue. As you know, the federal government is fighting sanctuary state here in California has filed a lawsuit and you have counties and you have cities that are just saying we have no part of it. We want no part of it. And it turns out that the president invited, invited those people. Part of the conversation was he called some of these illegal aliens animals and that has exploded. How dare he call Hispanics animals? And he said, I'm going to quote, you wouldn't believe how bad these people are. Uh, People have been deported from the United States. These aren't people. They are animals. Uh, Last year, he also talked about MS-13 gang members being, quote, animals. So last night, I was listening to the John and Ken show. And uh, Ken, who is doing the show by himself while John's on vacation, played the entire clip. And son of a gun, if Donald Trump wasn't talking about criminals who had been deported from the United States. They are animals. We don't want, and we're talking about some of them heinous crimes. And so the president gets nailed for referring to criminals as illegal aliens been deported as animals, and that part is sort of left out. Now it has simply become Hispanics are animals. That's the way it's being interpreted. Come on, guys. Really? I mean, the anti-Trump people will say anything. See, here's the problem. And that is, uh, when Trump talks, Trump lies. And we all know it. But when you have the media exploding and looking at it and taking things out of context, his argument, fake news, biased news, I gotta tell you, it holds water. And it's, uh, for those of us in the news business, I consider myself in the news business, sort of, kind of, maybe. Well, certainly uh, Jennifer Jones Lee is in the news business. And uh, it it just has to rile you. She's doing a, uh, a recording. I was going to bring her in, but she's doing some news. All right. So there's that one. All right. I'm done with that. Just want to put that on the record. Now, something that we can dive uh, a little bit deeper into And that is the entire concept of no human being is illegal. As you see these demonstrations and these marches of activists and uh, mainly Hispanics, Latinos and Latinas who are in uh, favor of the undocumented. A lot of us call them uh, illegal aliens, mainly because uh, under the law, there is no such thing as undocumented. And they are referred to son of a gun, illegal aliens. And one of the protest signs uh, universally is no human being is illegal. And that in and of itself uh, has become a linguistic dispute. How do you refer to the 11 million people living in the U.S. without legal residency? Uh, Well, a lot of people call them illegal aliens, as I do. And uh, there's a linguist and professor at UCLA of the Chicano Studies Uh, Otto Santa Ana makes an interesting point. We don't call pedestrians who cross in the middle of the road illegal pedestrians. A kid who skips school to go to Disneyland is not an illegal student. Therefore, calling somebody illegal is not only not fair, it is pejorative and it is, for the most part, racist. Because when we talk about illegals, What's the first thing that comes to mind is Hispanics. 
leaving out the fact, of course, these people that 99% of the folks uh, are illegal, although they're saying that's not true. Far more people have overrun their visas who have come here legally. And I don't know the stats, but, you know, whether the stats uh, go one way or the other, uh, the first thing that comes to mind when talking about illegal is a Latino, certainly in my case, and I think certainly in your case, and I'm guessing here, but I, I don't think I'm wrong. Well, here's the problem with uh, the argument we don't call pedestrians who cross the middle of the street illegal pedestrians. Because crossing in the middle of the street is a violation of that law. The pedestrian, the status of that pedestrian, now we're talking about legal status, not violation of law. The status of that pedestrian is a legal status. What we would have to do is, in fact, call a person who is here legally, an American citizen, for example, we would have to call them legal pedestrians who have violated the law. Because it all boils down to legal status, and that's what's missing here is that we're glossing over the issue of the illegality in and of its of just being here, being in the United States without documentation, without having the right to be here, that in and of itself is a violation of law. Being a pedestrian is not a violation of law. Now, you can violate the law, but you see the difference? And what people who argue... No human being is illegal. They sort of gloss that over. Okay, so that's the legal issue. But there's plenty more to talk about. The politics, uh, the history, uh, and is it pejorative, and the racism. And it's argued that just simply referring to someone being illegal is racist in and of itself. I guess the word illegal, when you're dealing with someone, someone who isn't here legally... That has become racist and pejorative, and I'll share that with you when we come back. KFI, let's check in with Jennifer. KFI Handle here. Uh, it is a Friday morning. Uh, some breaking news I'll tell you about in a minute. Uh, near Galveston, Texas, uh, a shooting that took place at a high school. But first, I'm asking you to please donate to help the American Red Cross initiative to get prepared California it's a $400 donation. You and a guest can enjoy cocktails and appetizers with all the KFI hosts and crew, plus unlimited sky slide rides during an exclusive evening at the beautiful OUE Sky, Spa- uh, sky Space in downtown L.A. You have to be 21 years or older. 100% of the proceeds benefit the American Red Cross. Get prepared California campaign. Limited tickets. Go to KFIAM640.com, and the word is cert mixer. All right. Uh, we have, uh, matter of fact, been following the last few minutes, and Jennifer's on top of this, a shooting uh, that took place at a high school near Galveston, Texas, sort of the east part of Texas. And uh, it is now being reported there are multiple fatalities. So what's the latest on that? According to the Houston Chronicle this morning, a shooting at Santa Fe High School has left multiple fatalities, according to a law enforcement source. The source says the gunman was a male, but didn't say more than that, that the, the shooter's been arrested and secured, as they put it. Uh, Several other students, as well as an officer, were injured in the shooting, according to this law enforcement spokesperson. And um, all all we know is that uh, looking on a map, if you could, um, Santa Fe High School is kind of halfway between Houston and Galveston. So on the eastern side of Texas, that's where this took place. And towards the south. 
Yeah, towards the okay. southern end on the eastern side, toward the Louisiana border. And um, it at this point, though, that's all we're seeing. Um, this happened at a first period art classroom. One girl told ABC News that somebody walked into her classroom and shot another girl in the leg. Um, but there was a parent who said he saw ambulances taking away a number of kids on stretchers. All right. A couple of um, caveats here. Uh, whenever a story like this breaks and the initial news comes out, inevitably uh, the news is wrong. That numbers are different. Uh, where people were are different. Uh, what we do know, and I think this is solid information, the shooter has been apprehended, correct? Yes. That there is no doubt about. Right. And he is in custody. Correct. We do not know if the shooter has been wounded by the police or he was shot by the police. Do we have information on that? No. All right. We are hearing multiple fatalities. And immediately when you come to uh, when it comes to mind, when you hear multiple, three, four, maybe more. Last time around when we heard multiple fatalities, you go, okay, how many is multiple? Then all of a sudden you hear 15 or you hear 20. And then it becomes a story of just unbelievable importance. We do not know if there's a press conference that's been scheduled at this point, correct? No. And have there have there been any official statements released by the police? Uh, no. I've got this one from, let's see, uh, this is from... Pardon me for a second. Yeah. Police are on scene of a shooting. We have done an amazing job to get the students out of the building safely and to reunite them with parents as we are able to. That's Chris Richardson, who is the assistant principal of the high school near Houston. Um, here is a sound from one of the kids who was there. I heard so many people saying that, like, there was gunshots and that, like, people were dead. And I didn't know what to think. I was, like, shaking. My anxiety was, it was bad. Uh, one of the things, uh, CNN is now covering this. Uh, uh, Fox is not yet covering this. I'm looking at video of the high school. These are helicopter shots. There is a helicopter that is uh, on the premises with a gurney next to it. Uh, obviously, a, a ton of police cars. Uh, people milling about. This is no longer an active shooter situation. So uh, there is calm. Uh, there is... Uh, Obviously, no fear that there are other shooters in the building. Uh, you don't see SWAT. What you do is see many police cars uh, and certainly many police officers. Uh, we don't know uh, where the students went. I'm assuming that the school has already been evacuated uh, and uh, because I don't see any students there. Yeah, I saw earlier this morning um, officers kind of leading the kids out, and they were lining them up on the grass, and it looked like what they were having them do was almost empty their pockets, empty their backpacks onto the ground, and the officers were sort of standing there looking to see, you know, make sure that nobody had anything in their possession. So, and the kids are not uh, running out of the building with their hands up in the air, which typically happens if uh, there is a suspicion that there is still a shooter or a threat inside the building. Right. And it appears that is not the case. Okay. And they're saying that whomever this was has been arrested and secured. I don't have word on injuries or how the person was taken into custody. Oh, I am now seeing a gurney uh, being rolled down, but very slowly. Uh, by what I assume are a couple of paramedics, but they seem to be in no rush whatsoever. So uh, either uh, I, I don't think that's a life-threatening situation. And I have not yet seen the helicopter, uh, the air flight uh, helicopter, the medical helicopter take off. 
Uh, maybe there is because uh, I don't know if there's video uh, that's available that is happened near in real time where the shooting took place or students being uh, let out of the building. So here's what we're going to do. I mean, the story is now unfolding and it's a big one uh, because there is a high school shooting that already occurred and it's being reported that there are multiple fatalities and, of course, uh, a group of students that are wounded. So when we come back, it's uh, we'll start with Talking Tech with Leo Laporte and then interrupt. If there's any more news, we'll break right in. If there's a press conference, which I'm assuming uh, the at some point the police are putting it together, you know that the PIOs, the public information officers, are all over this thing trying to figure out what do we say, when do we say it, how do we deal with this. So they're planning that right now. And uh, the police, uh, I'm assuming it's already in the investigative uh, stages because there's a lot of calm. uh, No one is rushing anywhere. So we'll keep you apprised what's going on as uh, the morning uh, unfolds. Uh, This is KFI AM 640. KFI handle here and a uh, good morning. Actually, not so good a morning. Uh, about an hour ago, we started uh, the news story broke that out of uh, uh, Texas near Galveston, uh, a school shooting, a lone gunman came in uh, to an art class, first period art class, and started unloading a weapon. We don't know what kind of weapon yet. And uh, they're reporting uh, multiple fatalities. At least eight is the latest. So here's what I want to do, um, Jen, is uh, we have Leo Laporte here. And I think I'm going to go ahead with my interview with Leo and just break in whenever any kind of news happens because it is over at this point. Now it's the aftermath of the shooting. It's not an active shooter situation. Uh, The school itself, there's a lot of calm there. No one is running around. And now they're picking up the pieces, if you will. And uh, so we'll do that. So let me go to Leo and then uh, Jen will break in anytime there is uh, almost any kind of news. KFI. All right, Thank Leo, you. Uh, last week I was listening to your show. I was, uh, I leave the studio uh, here at 11 o'clock, so I tune in to you as soon as I Thank start you. driving. Thank you. Thanks okay. for listening. No, it's a good show. Uh, I do enjoy it. And what, uh, and by the way, I'm just, I'm not blowing smoke, because if I didn't like, uh, I just want to make a point of this. I know you're honest. Yeah, if I, know. I didn't, uh, for, the, for everybody who's out there in radio <laughs> land right now, if I didn't like Leo's show, I would start with, Leo, your show sucks. Your show is terrible. Uh, so, uh, you were you were talking about and playing snippets wow. of the Google, the new AI, artificial yeah. intelligence. Let's get into that, because yeah. it is mind-boggling. So, even if you're on an iPhone, you can use Google Assistant. It's like Siri. But uh, you have to use the Google app. If you're on an Android phone, of course, you have it. And uh, it does a lot of the same things Siri does. You can say what time it is. You can say what's the weather going to be like. But Google's getting, I think Google's really starting to take a big lead in this arena. And they had something they showed off called Google Duplex. They say it'll it'll start being available later this year, maybe even sooner, maybe in the next month or two, in your Google Assistant. And the CEO of Google was on stage, and he said, let me show you how it books a hair appointment for you or a restaurant reservation and you can say to the assistant hey you know who book a book a reservation for a Thursday a table for four at 7 p.m. at uh, Casa Madrona and it will make a call and he played these calls 
And they, it sounds like a human. They've even added pauses, ums. It's very good, it seems to be anyway. You know, demos sometimes can be deceiving. At understanding humans, sometimes understanding humans that are hard to understand with strong yeah. accents and yeah. things. It was yeah. amazing. The, the one thing you played, and it's uncanny, how realistic that voice well, is. Yes. It's almost, yes. you shake your head and go, this cannot be a computer talking. And the one you played was a reservation made at a restaurant where the receptionist, the person that answered the phone, was unintelligible. <laughs> I, I couldn't mean, understand you could it. not understand <laughs> a the word. That's right. <laughs> and not a word she said. And the computer figured it out. And she kept on repeating. She was on top of being unintelligible. She had the IQ of par golf. I mean, she was an idiot. So uh, the and computer kept on repeating. No, it's, it's amazing. Thursday night on the 11th. Yes, yes. And then she, well, would the say, th she would say something. No, it's Thursday night. Do you understand me? <laughs> and the, the, the humans will throw curves to the computer. The computer seems to understand and, and move on. The weirdest thing, of course, is the people that these calls, and, and Google says we have thousands of them, on the other end, don't know they're talking to a computer. It's their voice is so good, the delivery is so good, the seeming intelligence is so good that the humans think they're interacting with another human. And this is, in some ways, the holy grail of computing. It's a little scary. People were upset. They said, uh, and Google said, "Yeah, we'll we'll let people know from now on you're talking to a Google Assistant." I'll say, "Hi, this is Google Assistant calling for Bill Handel." But the thing is, if these voices are realistic, you might just assume it's a human assistant uh they used john legend i don't know if you heard that part they took the singer john legend had him lay down some of his voice sounds and then they can adapt that to the computer generated voice so it sounds like john legend is talking to you now in terms of sophistication because well i did a story on and this was also mind-boggling is speeches that were written but not given I don't know if right. you saw that story, uh, the John F. Kennedy speech, for example. Hey, guys, we're going to go to CNN right now because we've got an update now on uh, the situation happening in Galveston County, Texas, at a high school shooting this morning. We can to find out what's going on with their children. And I'm sure at that scene, which is, I hear is very chaotic from the reports that we've gotten, uh, there are resources for parents there also. And are there people starting to show up, people, loved ones? I don't have that information. Um, we did have... Um, a couple of family members accompany a patient, but that's all I know. This what is a is doctor like speaking. Right to see yes, it's happening in your trauma center. It's heartbreaking. Our hearts go out to Santa Fe, the students and the residents. It's, it's I know. I know. Those people that aren't in surgery is that a sign that they are okay? That this is. I don't know their condition. They may require um, additional care, but I don't know the extent of their injuries or what they're going to uh, need later on yet. Dr. Sharma, do you have anything else to, to add as well? No, I think uh, as Dr. Marshall said, we are prepared and uh, the patients are getting the excellent care and uh, they're all under the best care of our physician and nursing. And, you know, we don't want uh, anything like this happen anywhere, but we are always prepared. This is kind of the first time this has happened in your trauma center. Just what is, what's going through your mind right now? I think one of the reasons is uh, we always think that it's never going to happen at your place, but we always prepare for it. Uh, you know, as you know, at UTMB, we always prepare for these drills. Uh, we are a hurricane zone, so we always prepare for these um, disaster, both man-made as well as natural. And just one more time for people tuning in.
coming in right now. Can you just go over those injuries and, how, and the patients one more time for us? So we've received, we've received three patients, two adults and one uh, person under 18 years of age. We know that, I know that one adult, and uh, you said that it was a male, is in our operating room undergoing surgery at this time. One patient has been admitted to the hospital. I think that was the person under 18. And the other person is in our emergency room uh, being um, evaluated and treated. What's the message to these families right now, to the community? We're here for you. We're um, ready to serve anybody that needs our services. Thank you, doctors. Thank you. We'll let you get back to it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. All right. We will uh, obviously uh, follow along anytime there is some news. This is uh, the shooting in a high school first period uh, in in Texas. And uh, the authorities are reporting uh, multiple fatalities. We got we received news about that maybe half an hour ago. And uh, they're saying at least eight uh, people have been killed and we don't know how many wounded. Uh, Another one, huh? Just another one. All right. uh, We'll take a break and come back. And again, anytime, uh, if there's anything breaking, uh, Jen, just interrupt. And I, whenever, whenever it happens this morning. Okay. In the meantime, uh, some other news right now. All right. KFI handle here and the morning crew. Big story that's just breaking this morning. Just happened a couple of hours ago. And uh, a shooting in a high school in Southeast Texas. A uh, shooter went into a room, a classroom, first period art class, and unloaded. We don't know. I don't think the weapon. Jennifer is uh, following up on this, and she's uh, staring at the computer and the various news outlets. So, uh, Jen, what what is the latest up to this point? All right. So, as of right now, we know that there was a shooting at Santa Fe High School. This is in Galveston or near Galveston, uh, Texas, in Galveston County, Texas. Someone is accused of walking into a first period art classroom shooting. Students rushed out. The district was locked down immediately. One student says a girl was shot in the leg. So I've been trying to just scramble and find some news reports at this point. KRIV TV, which is the Fox affiliate in Santa Fe, Texas, is saying eight dead in Texas school shooting. This is being reported on Fox News right now. Um, We're hearing maybe as many as 10 went to various hospitals. Um, Also, KRIV has uh, an article that I'm reading right now where uh, Zach Muhi, who is a sophomore at the school, says he saw another student from his football class come into his classroom and start shooting. Muhi says he then ran into another classroom to alert the teacher to evacuate the school. He says the teacher pulled the alarm while evacuating the students. People started running from the campus. Now, we're also hearing that a second person has been detained. So we've got one person in custody and a second person detained, according to the sheriff in Harris County. And a member of the Houston Police Officers Union says one officer has been airlifted to the hospital. All right, uh, this just coming in, uh, K-H-O-V in, uh, K-H-O-U, I'm sorry, uh, I think uh, in Houston is reporting uh, that there is a bomb in the school, according to the shooter, that the shooter said there's a bomb, they're now sweeping the school for bombs, and uh, Wayne and I were discussing just a few minutes ago, was this because there is a specific threat, or is this simply protocol when there is a shooting, and uh, now we, well, we don't know, but it's being reported that the shooter shooter said there is a bomb. Also, I've just noticed that uh, the, and I think this may have very well been a videotape, uh, a second life flight uh, helicopter 
landed right next to another one. I don't know. I don't think they've used any helicopters uh, to airlift people to ambulance uh, to hospitals at this point. They, the officers, the Houston Police Officers Union says one officer has been airlifted to the hospital. Okay, that uh, I'm not saying. Obviously, uh, Jen is looking at the various outlets that are coming in, both AP as well as. Uh, the various other outlets. I'm looking. Uh, I am looking at CNN and Fox. Oh, I see what you're seeing there. Uh, and uh, Alex is running back and forth. A breaking story, and of course, uh, this is a massive story. Uh, yet another high school shooting. Jeez, uh, how many can we possibly have? Huh? This is. It's just insanity, is what it is. And uh, this one, they're uh, now. Uh, Jen had really, uh, originally said it was reported that at at least eight dead. KRIV TV says it is eight dead. They're reporting uh, that that is the number. We don't know how many wounded. Uh, as uh, Jen said, there was one uh, air flight helicopter, and that did you say it was a police officer? Yes, the, according to the Houston Police Officers Union, one officer was airlifted. All right, so we have to assume there was a gunfight. Obviously, we don't know what happened in the room. So again, I'm assuming that the gunfight uh, happened uh, with students in the room. And again, I'm speculating because uh, at this point, there is very little to do other than speculate. All right, we are going to take a break and come back, and then we'll start handle on the news, late edition. And what Jennifer will do is at any moment when there is breaking news, she'll either interrupt herself or she will interrupt our commercial breaks or she will interrupt uh, handle on the news, late edition, or she will interrupt your visit to the bathroom. Handle on the news. Late edition. Handle on the news. And now, here's Bill Handel. All right. Friday, May uh, the uh, 18th, um, and uh, we're opening up Handle on the News Late Edition with some pretty horrible news, if you haven't been paying attention. Uh, yet another school shooting, this one in Texas, Southeast Texas, uh, confirmed eight people killed. Shooter came into a first period art class and just started unloading. We don't know the kind of weapon. We don't even know if it's a student. Uh, do we? Has that been confirmed, Jen? I'm just listening to a new report off of uh, Fox News this morning, and this was some stuff that we hadn't heard yet. Um, the students who were there say they're reporting multiple students are saying it was a kid walking down the hall looking suspicious. Apparently, this kid pulled the fire alarm. And everybody started running, which seems to be more and more a common M.O., where they pull the fire alarm, waiting for everybody to start heading out, and then they start shooting. Eight people have been killed. At least three more people are in the hospital. The shooter has been detained, as it has a second person now. We don't know who this is. Uh, police are still on the scene. We have done an amazing job to get the students out of the building safely and to reunite them with parents as we are able to. And that's Chris Richardson, who's assistant principal of the high school. And uh, this is the Houston Chronicle and local TV affiliates who are saying multiple people have been killed. Again, we keep hearing uh, CNN is reporting at least eight. Uh, Fox is reporting eight. My son said that someone went into the art room and just started shooting all the kids. And this was a high school senior. I heard so many people saying that, like, 
it was gunshots and that like people were dead and I didn't know what to think. I was like shaking. My anxiety was, it was bad. Now, KRIV TV, which I think is out of Houston, they're reporting it's eight that are dead. And uh, they're, uh, and that obviously is a local television show uh, station. Uh, As as this story opened up, the first time you reported it, I went, oh no, not another one. And uh, you can do anything with stats. You know that. Statistics, uh, there are lies and there are statistics and the two are interchangeable. Well, try to play with these statistics and tell me how this has changed. 22 school shootings since January wherein someone was killed. Three this week. You know, here's what I anticipate, and this is, uh, it's just, are we going to reach the point where we are going to have a regular feature every Friday, say the last segment of the show, where I turn it over to Jennifer and I say, let's do this week's school shooting report, Jennifer. You watch. It's uh, going to be there. Now, there is, uh, according to H uh, K H O U. There is a report, and this we just heard out for one radio station, I don't know, or one TV station. I don't think it's been confirmed, but we know they were uh, police were searching for a bomb that had been reported, and uh, the uh, television station is saying the reason they were is that the shooter said there was a bomb, and we've also been hearing there may have been a second person involved. Uh, we don't know. So, Jen, at any point, of course, as news come up comes up, also. Um, we are uh, being told that they are setting up for a press conference, that they're bringing in the lectern, et cetera. So we are no doubt going to be hearing either from the police chief or the uh, PIO, public information officer, which I'm assuming uh, they don't have one. It's a small police force. So inevitably we'll be uh, hearing from the police chief and then various other people. And they, we were reporting earlier that the Houston Police Officers Union was saying that an officer had been hit and lifelighted from what Fox the report I was just listening to on Fox, they're saying that he was grazed by a bullet. And I also just, uh, Fox is reporting that the gunman is a male. So. Well, that's sort of a given. When, well, was the, when was the last time there was a female gun person, gun woman? Yeah, it could, because I was trying to think of the one, wasn't there one right here uh, in where the guns, she dropped her backpack and the gun went off. Yeah, but that's, like, that's, a, that's kind of intentional yeah, shooting. I can't think of it. I don't know if it goes all the way back to San Diego. Years and years ago, there the was Monday a female, one. yeah, the, that inspired the song. Well, the San like Bernardino Mondays. shooting at uh, that health center, it was a couple, but it was uh, reported, and I think we know by now, that he was the one that controlled it. That effectively it was almost one of those Fingali situations where she did, she was abused, she was coerced. But in terms of a single woman or girl going into a school, I don't know if it's ever happened. Yeah. And I don't have confirmation on the second person, but they are saying the gunman was male. All right. So let's go on with more news. And uh, if uh, if and when the press con- well, be when the press conference starts uh, from the area, we'll cut right to it. Uh, there's also, and uh, Wayne, you just heard it. And we're trying to get it, the uh, 911 call. Yeah. That dispatch uh, call. KHOU has the dispatch from the police officers. I did get to listen to a little bit of it, but it was it was coming in live, and we just we couldn't scramble to start recording. You guys, the president oh, is making a statement. The we're closely monitoring the situation and 
Federal authorities are coordinating with local officials. This has been going on too long in our country, too many years, too many decades now. We grieve for the terrible loss of life and send our support and love to everyone affected by this absolutely horrific attack to the students, families, teachers, and personnel at Santa Fe High. We're with you in this tragic hour, and we will be with you forever. My administration is determined to do everything in our power to protect our students, secure our schools, and to keep weapons out of the hands of those who pose a threat to themselves and to others. Everyone must work together at every level of government to keep our children safe. May God heal the injured, and may God comfort the wounded, and may God be with the victims and with the victims' families. Very sad day. Very, very sad. On another note, very positive note, I'm honored to be here today with so many leaders from across the nation who are committed to the crucial issue of prison reform. Okay, we're, we're out of that. So please, uh, come on. You put the two together and we go into politics. Also, the president was reading off of a teleprompter. Doesn't do a very good job. And uh, my question always is, uh, when uh, the president, any president says, we're closely monitoring the situation. Other than watching the television, what, what does the White House do? Is there someone that is on the phone with uh, the uh, the White House or someone at the White House who is watching television? Just curious about that. Uh, and inevitably, and when we hear the president talk, uh, that's an old video, by the way. And this is the sheriff, Ed Gonzalez of Harris County, Texas. Question: uh, There are multiple fatalities that have been confirmed. The number varies, but it could be anywhere between eight to ten fatalities at the at the school, uh, including students and some adult staff as well. Uh, there was also an injured Santa Fe ISD uh, police officer that was injured that's being treated at a hospital. Uh, I don't know the extent of his injuries. Uh, area law enforcement, including the Harris County Sheriff's Office, is conducting a systematic search of the school just to make sure there's no additional students that are either injured or hiding. Um, and so uh, that's uh, ongoing right now. And then we're also uh, making sure that we conduct a thorough search to make sure that there's no other uh, devices or anything that could be at the school. Uh, so our thoughts and prayers go out to the entire Santa Fe community, to the Santa Fe ISD, to all those that have been injured and uh, uh, suffered loss of life out here. Uh, but at this point, we do have an active crime scene that we're investigating. They could expect a large police presence out here. We're being told there's a family unification center at the 13,300 block of Highway 6 where uh, parents could reunite with their uh, students. And uh, additional information will be forthcoming. Right now, it's very limited. Uh, we're just one of the agencies that responded out here uh, to offer support. And so that's what we have out here. There's multiple fatalities. Uh, it could be anywhere between 8 to 10, the majority being students. One, uh, one uh, male is in custody. 
and then a second one again was a person of interest both are believed to be students here at the school and uh, that's what we have uh, at this moment and this happened a little bit before eight o'clock this morning about the type of weapons? Uh, we, we don't uh, know that yet. It's uh, We're searching the entire school and it's an active crime scene. So all the details about specific injuries and, and firearms evidence will, will come later. What time did he get access? Uh, I don't know the exact time, but it's my understanding it happened right before school started. So I would guess it happened anywhere between 7.30 and 8. It's my understanding. I don't have the exact time. How old is he? Uh, just that he was a student here at the high school, so I would imagine in his teens. Si estamos aquí en la escuela de Santa Fe High School, tenemos confirmado que varias personas muertos aquí. All right, the sheriff. The All right, that's uh, that was Sheriff Ed Gonzalez, obviously bilingual. I think the the interesting part of uh, his press conference uh, is that he is not talking about the eight dead that have been confirmed by virtually all the news outlets. He said between eight and 10. And that is, uh, that's contradictory to what the news items, uh, the news outlets have said. And it goes back to what uh, Jen started saying hour, hour and a half ago, at least eight dead. And we're not hearing how many wounded. We're hearing one police officer was wounded, and then uh, he was airlifted to a local hospital. Whenever we hear of these shootings, and in this case, uh, eight... Handle, you might want to take it again, the sheriff speaking again. Approximately 10. Uh, That's still not fully confirmed. I I know that it could be in that range, uh, but I'm told the majority of those are probably students. I'm not, I'm not sure about, I haven't heard pipe bombs. Where are other explosives? Have you heard anything about other explosives that are possible here? We always uh, consider that a possibility with these type of situations, so I know we're uh, searching with that. Our uh, Harris County Sheriff's Office bomb unit, uh, along with others, are searching for that as well. Uh, so we'll conduct an active search. Uh, you know, I just came to give some preliminary information just because I know we hadn't come out yet. So uh, as soon as we find out, more, either myself or somebody else will come out here shortly. Sheriff, sure, sure, sure. any idea where it actually happened inside or outside? All right, the sheriff is uh, leaving. That's Sheriff Ed Gonzalez of Harris County. And he uh, is saying in the range of 10 uh, people have been killed. Uh, All the other news outlets have said eight uh, have been killed. And so that number is up in the air. For what it's worth, CBS News just tweeted they're claiming, according to unnamed law enforcement official, that it's 10. That just got tweeted. Now, whether that is false or they're jumping the gun, I don't know. What ends up happening, uh, and uh, every time one of these stories break, and we have to keep reminding people over and over again, is uh, inevitably we'll be wrong because there are different news reports coming in where you have various, uh, they're getting news reports from various parts of the school, police officer over here, an investigator over there, and the entire picture isn't given to us until much later. My question, and uh, Jen, we were going to bring this up. Uh, the number of dead is between 8 and 10. We heard both 8 and 10. And uh, we know of one police officer, and even the, uh, she- we said this beforehand, you had reported this beforehand, and the sheriff, Ed Gonzalez, uh, confirmed it, that there was a police officer that had been wounded and then airlifted to a local hospital. Not a word about how many wounded. And whenever you have a shooting like this, that 8, 10 people, 
twice, three times that many are wounded. Always there are many more wounded. No reports of any wounding at all, which I find hugely unusual. And and again, are you hearing any reports of wounded? No, I mean, honestly, as you're saying, from and, and this is awful to think, but that this person, I am seeing that re- multiple, like report after report of the kids who were at the school reporting it was shotgun, shotgun, shotgun that this person had, that it kind of appears that the majority of the people who were shot were killed, that there weren't many injuries. They were killings, period. Wow. And we're also uh, hearing, and you reported this earlier too, that the gunman, uh, he tripped a fire alarm, and that means that the students are going to rush out in the hallway. Yeah, according to this Fox News report just a few minutes ago, that the gunman was walking down the hall, pulls the fire alarm, kids start to run, then he starts to shoot. And so when we talk about uh, the fact that it was one class that's been discussed, an art class, first period art class, originally is that he came into the classroom and started shooting. Now we're hearing that he pulled the fire alarm, and the assumption is that the kids had to go out in the hall, or he pulled the fire alarm, the alarm went off, and before they could run out in the hall, uh, he went in and started shooting. Yeah, he, it, the alarm could have been right outside this art classroom. Like, there's the there's the possibility he pulls it, the kids start to scramble, he turns, walks into the classroom, and starts to shoot. All right, why don't we do this? Uh, let's continue on with some more news. Can and- I just throw in one? It, it, it's not a new fact or anything, uh, but to show how, what's wrong with this country, somebody, it's not anybody, a big person, somebody just tweeted, the real tragedy of the Texas shooting is the sheriff giving a press conference in Spanish. What is wrong with people? Hashtag MAGA. MAGA? Make America, America Great Again. Oh, the uh, rallying cry of Trump supporters. Yeah, that was, it was disgusting. Little, it was a little unusual uh, when I heard the sheriff speaking in Spanish until I realized this is Southeast Texas yeah. with obviously a very large Hispanic population. Because you heard a lot of uh, a few of the reporters asking in Spanish. But typically, you know, for example, the only reason that we don't carry Spanish speaking is because. Uh, our audience, we don't carry Telemundo right. or Univision because you can bet there are reporters like crazy from uh, those Hispanic networks and outlets that are asking those uh, those uh, questions. So uh, the sheriff, uh, you know, I was singing uh, when, when the sheriff started speaking in Spanish, uh, it occurred to me that, number one, yeah, you've got a very large Latino population, but then this is southern Texas, too. So, of course, you'd figure there would be a large Latino population. Uh, and also, he's pretty bilingual. Oh, I yeah. got to tell you, this guy is truly bilingual. His Spanish is obviously perfect with no accent. His English is perfect with no English, uh, no accent. Maybe that's a prerequisite in uh, Texas. 
It might be, and you could tell, you could hear in the background, some of those reporters were asking him the questions in Spanish. In Spanish, so. oh yeah. And did you guys notice too that, you know, when they put up the podium for you to put your microphones on when you go to these news conferences, the very first three at the top, I believe at least two out of the three were Spanish. One looks like it was the Univision one. One was in, uh, said something else in Spanish on it, obviously. So you knew he was going to have to go back and forth. I've never seen somebody go back and forth during a news conference. Usually they do it in English. Then and they do it in Spanish or whatever the other language is. I've never seen them go back and forth like this well, before. I, you know, I think that, and as I, it was occurring to me, I know we're off track on this one, but it's just, it's it's unusual uh, in that it's uh, the difference between Spanish and English and Latino and Anglos in that part of the country is sort of interspersed. There really is no line. It's just sort of everybody who's there. And uh, it's just, uh, you wouldn't see that here. I don't think you would see that here. Or I'll tell you where you wouldn't see that is South Dakota. Chances are you would not ever see that there. Okay, why don't we do this? Uh, we actually have more news to cover. So let's do a story or two. We'll take a break. Uh, come back. Thomas, uh, John Thomas is with us. We'll do some politics. This is a super segment. Do you want to just keep going? No, I think he meant go to the top oh, and then take the I break. See, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Uh, okay, uh, there's sort of good news, if there is any good news, out of a shooting, and uh, this has to do with the Trump uh, Doral, uh, Doral Golf Course. Yeah, and this is a man walked into Trump National Golf Club and started shouting anti-Trump rhetoric. Apparently, he wanted to ambush cops. Miami-Dade Police Director Juan Perez says that the shooter lost a gunfight and was arrested. This individual, this subject, came in, removed the flag from a flagpole at the rear of the uh, of the complex, and uh, brought it into the hotel lobby and draped it over the counter and began to uh, to yell out uh, anti-Trump, President Trump uh, rhetoric. So the cops show up and the guy starts shooting into the ceiling and at the chandeliers. So No, no one was hurt except him. He got into a, and they're describing it as a furious gunfight in which he was shot a bunch of times in the leg. So and, that's good news. And the one officer, police officer, apparently broke a wrist. Oh, I think falling or whatever. Something, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this is this is a little bit of whiplash in terms of the tone and importance of the story. But the White House has confirmed that although the Trumps won't be attending the royal wedding, they will be sending a gift, although they really aren't sending a gift. They'll be making a charitable donation to one of the seven right. charities that the royal couple designated in lieu of gifts. Although the White House is sending a red Make America Great Again hat. That's gift wrapped. Uh, hey, in case you're wondering, when uh, Philip and Elizabeth got married, Harry Truman sent them a glass bowl. And when Charles and Di got married, uh, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan sent them a glass bowl. I don't know it, why that's the traditional dignitary I, the, royal well, wedding we, gift. You, the Sultan of Brunei, for example, sends a couple of racehorses worth $5 million each. I mean, there are some serious gifts. Do you remember the photo of uh, the gift room when uh, Charles and Diana got, well, were married? Oh, yeah. I mean, it had to be a separate, massive room. It was almost a warehouse that was just stacked with gifts. Now, when uh, the president receives gifts, because every time there is a state visit, you know that the head of state uh, gives a gift to the president. I think gifts go back and forth. It's like party favors. Everybody shows up, and uh, you give a gift, and uh, the party favors when you walk out the door. 
And it's inevitably something that is just to glass bowl. I wonder if it's filled with M&Ms or not. Or is there a separate bag of M&Ms? I have absolutely no idea. All right. Why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll come back. John Thomas is here. And we'll be interrupting whenever there is breaking news or new news about this horrific shooting. Oh, Fox News is now reporting 8 to 10 dead. And they were reporting prior to this 8. So uh, the the 9 and 10 number, we have not confirmed yet. And which is, uh, I think, a little unusual that this far into it, we uh, they certainly know how many are dead. There's no question about that. All right. So uh, we'll take a break, come back, and uh, follow up with more. And John Thomas, KFI AM 640. Time for the Thomas Guide to All Things Political. John Thomas on The Bill Handel Show. We grieve for the terrible loss of life and send our support and love to everyone affected to the students, families, teachers, and personnel at Santa Fe High. All right, uh, we're back. Bill Handel here and uh, the morning crew. And... uh, well, we're covering this horrific story this morning, and that is out of a high school in uh, southeast Texas. Uh, another high school shooting. Eight to ten people dead. We don't know the exact number yet. A gunman uh, comes in. We're hearing it's a shotgun from students. We have not yet had crema- uh, confirmation from the sheriff, uh, Ed Gonzalez of Harris County, and he did not give a whole lot of information other than to establish the position. Uh, even he, uh, he wouldn't even say how many are confirmed dead. And by now, how can they not? Because uh, this is, what, four or five hours later? And uh, the school is obviously under lockdown in that uh, the search is continuing on for any weapons. Uh, what uh, Sheriff Gonzalez did say is there still may be students that are hiding in various places that are so traumatized they're not even they're afraid to come out. All right. So uh, John Thomas is here, and John, what we're going to do is whenever there's breaking news, uh, we're going to interrupt us. Yeah, I, I don't know if you, you said this earlier, but I was over at CNN just a few minutes ago, and they had a, a student call in, uh, and the student identif- basically identified that the shooter was a student. Um, he wasn't willing to say the student's name because he felt like it was too early. But they do know who but it he, is. The student said everybody recognized the guy. He also said he was wearing a trench coat with the— uh, Letters USSR on the back. That was a student who was there. So trench coat. What's and the weather? And he and they used and, what and a it, sawed-off shotgun and a pistol. And what's uh, and the just Jen real quickly. Uh, they're in the middle of a heat spell. It's in the nineties uh, in uh, Texas right now. That's what it looked like. I mean, all the kids were wearing t-shirts and shorts. And he walks in with a trench coat on. They said that the the students who saw him said a kid. Looks suspicious walking down the hall. Well, if he's walking down the hall in a trench coat, that would be suspicious. Wow. And then they're saying it's a shotgun. Most of the kids are all saying, yeah. A sawed-off shotgun. Oh, I hadn't heard the sawed-off Yeah, a sawed-off shotgun and a pistol is what I'm hearing. Now, one of the things uh, we talked about, and uh, you have uh, a lot of expertise with guns, and uh, usually I make fun of you, uh, but I'm not going to this time around. But so I can call you an expert in guns. I mean, that's fair. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, you are. I, I mean, yeah. Oh, gosh. I, 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 quite a bit. Okay, yeah, go No, on. you do. As a matter of fact, 
if I ever asked you to bring your arsenal in, it would take half an hour uh, for <laughs> okay. and we wouldn't have enough room in this studio. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, using your expertise. Uh, very few people wounded. All we've heard is that one cop has been wounded and was airlifted out. And uh, we have eight to ten dead. Well, and that Are makes, you at all surprised? No, I'm not, especially if it was a sawed-off shotgun because the shooter probably understood that, you know, when you when you saw off uh, the barrel, it spreads. The, the shot spreads very quickly. And so if you're sophisticated in your use of, of that, you get almost point blank and you pull the trigger. Um, what I had also heard while I was over at CNN was one of the victims uh, that he ended up killing, he wounded her. Uh, with his shotgun, and he came over and did a headshot with the pistol. Oh my! God. Uh, and uh, um, so I'm. I, I guess my point is, I'm not surprised given the choice of weapons. It looks like he just went, tried to go point blank, point blank, point blank, rather than this kind of spray and pray. Um, Which inevitably mentality. happens. I've never heard of a shooting where. Uh, you have eight or ten people, or five or six or fifteen, in which virtually no one is wounded. Right. Everybody and it, is. It, it also begs the question of the motive. Was he going in uh, just to hurt as many people as possible, or was he going in for a particular group of kids or a particular teacher? You know, did he did he have a, a purpose in mind more specifically than just causing chaos? John, can I ask you a quick question as far as the second person? Because we know the one person was already has been taken into custody. A second person has been detained. Have you? Did you hear anything about that second person I while didn't. you were over there? No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious uh, what happens uh, with a major news news outlet like CNN because I know you go over you're a lot there. You're under contract with CNN. Uh, what happens with a newsroom like that when a story like this breaks? What what goes on? Everybody's scrambling to find eyewitnesses. They're trying to get as much information as they can, but they're also cautious because you get false information. You know, people. Uh, it's a game of telephone. You know, and so they're careful not to report misinformation. They try to rely on primary sources. That's why the student who called in was a pretty good source because he saw the shooter with his own eyeballs. He recognized the shooter. So I'm assuming that the producers and they got they've got tons. Well, of them. yeah, I mean, just put, keep in mind, uh, you know, on a, on a show right now on CNN, they've they have at least 20 to 30 assistant or line level producers that are all tracking this down and then of course you've got local bureaus generally in those areas so that they pounce on it but you know also what was surprising about this uh about the shooting was this particular campus apparently did have armed security on campus so it always begs the question in these instances where there's armed security where were they what took so long now i know I know it feels like it It probably in reality was only a couple minutes that this happened, but still, seconds are lives, and you have to wonder, where were the security, how hardened were these targets? And that, and that is uh, the question. I'm going to come back and talk about this. Obviously, we're switching topics because this story is... Uh, of such importance. It's such a huge story. Also, guys, real quickly, let me break in and tell you. So actually, this as CNN started reporting it, I got an email actually from CNBC's Jane Wells, who said she just saw on the Houston Chronicle, which is now saying the same thing that CNN is reporting, at least eight people died and at 12 others were injured. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So now we're okay. now we're getting some kind That's of... That's uh, just And as out. you were saying, uh, that it could be a spray, even with a shotgun... It could be a well, a, a spray especially with a sawed off. Yeah, it goes right. out wide. Right, we're going to take a break and come back, and we have the dispatch sound. 
We have that 911 call, and we'll play that for you uh, after we return. Uh, and do we uh, do the giveaway? Yeah. The giveaway $1,000. Um, yeah, we'll do it during the break. I just uh, I hate doing that when we have stories of this importance. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. KFI Handle here. And it is a, uh, a very difficult Friday. Usually we have fun on Fridays. Uh, not so much this morning. Uh, reports in, well, uh, reports in. It's a fact. There's been a horrific school shooting out of Texas uh, that we're uh, following. Uh, at minimum of eight uh, people dead. I'm assuming most of them kids. It happened at a high school. We know there was, uh, it was a, a student uh, who came in, uh, which is why he was able to get into the school uh, much easier than anybody else would have been able to get in because this was a, a, a kid who was enrolled, although uh, it's in the 90s there in uh, South Texas, and he was wearing a trench coat when he walked in. So John Thomas, and then we'll just uh, interrupt uh, whenever any breaking news happens. So John Thomas is with us uh, for the Thomas Guide, and uh, we've been talking a little bit of po- politics, although, John, the uh, the first segment uh, we've been talking about the school shooting itself. All right. So, John, uh, coming up uh, June 5th, we have the primary. Uh, we have one of your clients who is on the radio uh, constantly every day here on KFI. <laughs> not by choice. No, not by choice, because it's a, a Democratic uh, candidate who is spending a lot of money attacking your client. Yeah, essentially the Democratic National Committee, which is kind of an arm of Pelosi, uh, decide they're worried that in these critical Orange County seats that they, you could find two Republicans in the top two um, or a a strong – and so Dems could be shut out in the primary altogether. And so what uh, what they've already done is they're unloading millions of dollars against the Republican that they don't want to run against in November and that's trying sh- to clear way for a second place. And that's Sean Nelson. That's correct. And that is your client. So, you know, you're hearing right before <laughs> during the break, you know, it's a we can't afford Sean Nelson, yeah. which is, by the way, twisted. Uh, it's not. It's actually a complete lie. But what they're trying to do is the negative actually isn't that damning because it's so false, but it's share of spend. I mean, they're spending millions to our few hundred, you know, to our half a million. And that's the gamble is that they're going to basically just anytime you think the word Sean Nelson, you think of a negative association. Uh, and it might work. But our gamble is that voters have figured out who the real conservative is in that race and they don't believe the lie. And they start to figure out that, oh, hey that the DCCC is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and it's a surrogate for Nancy Pelosi. If they start to get that connect, Sean will be fine. All right, and then, so your job, let's say you had the, the budget, all right, which you uh-huh. don't, no. uh, because uh, they have... Uh, uh, Millions. Yeah, and you don't. I don't. Uh, would you simply say that the ad is the Democratic National Committee? This is Nancy Pelosi who wrote this ad. That's exactly what we'd say in any, any other contest. This kind of overreach from the Democratic, uh, from Pelo- an arm of Pelosi, would be a gift from the heavens. Got it. We would say uh-huh. this is locking us in for the next round. All right. I had promised that we're going to hear that 911 call. Uh, so why don't we go Can to I, that? Can I, real quickly, yes. before you do that, we've just got word from the school district 
Possible explosive devices have been located at the school oh. and off campus. Law enforcement is in the process of rendering them safe. This is in a tweet. School has been evacuated. Call one nine one one if you see any suspicious items. Now we had reported earlier uh, that there were they were searching for bombs, uh, for explosive devices, and the question was, was it protocol or was there specific evidence? Was there a reason? And the report came in that the shooter himself had said that there are explosive devices. We don't know that. That was just a, a news report. But let's go to that 911 call, the first dispatch. Santa Fe PD's requesting mutual aid off. They're having a shooting at the high school. Our 31 will make an entry. One man take. PD Dickinson and Medic 1 need you to stay for a shooting at Santa Fe School, 1600 Highway 6. I need you to stage for Santa Fe. Shooting at the school. Yes, sir. I'm going around to the hallway. Uh, that's maybe all the shots. More shots fired. Additional shots fired. So we have several shots fired. Possibly one or two rooms in this area that we're at. Still have several more shots fired. So 
We will not release any other information until we have a confirmed number. Injured students and staff have been transported to area hospitals. Any parents and family members can go to the Alamo Gym, which is located at 13306 State Highway 6, for any inf additional information regarding their student. Our primary focus at this point in the investigation has been to secure the schools and evacuate all the students to the, the uh, evacuation relocation facility. There are multiple agencies on site to support our district and our community, such as the FBI, the ATF, Texas Department of Public Safety, and other area uh, law enforcement agencies and first responders. There have been explosive devices found in the high school and surrounding areas adjacent to the high school. Because of the threat of these explosive items, community members should be on the lookout for any suspicious items and anything that looks out of place. Do not touch any items that look out of place and immediately call 911 so that the appropriate authorities can respond. And our thoughts and prayers go out to our students, staff, and our uh, community. Please pray for SFISD. As the chief of Santa Fe PD, my thoughts and prayers are with those that are affected by this event this morning. Uh, I just want to reiterate that to all community members to, to keep a vigilant watch around the areas that you know, your neighborhoods, for any suspicious items that you may see, and please call 911. There, there is, uh, like I said, been confirmed reports of uh, explosives found both on the campus and off the campus, so that's our main concern is to keep the community safe, so please make the call if you see something suspicious and someone will respond to assist. That's all I have. God bless. I'm Mark Henry. I'm the county judge of Galveston County, Texas. I'm the chief elected official for Galveston County. Uh, Galveston County is providing all the assistance we can, both through Galveston County Sheriff's Office and Galveston County District Attorney's Office, to the Santa Fe ISD police agencies and the city of Santa Fe. I uh, don't really have much else to add. Um, I do uh, want to emphasize this was a tragic loss of life this morning. Uh, first call came in at 7.32. I received a first, my first phone call about 7.45. Um, it has been a difficult scene, difficult time for everyone involved. So again, I ask that you pray for the people who have suffered some injury and loss today. And I, and I want to emphasize again, I was just informed recently they did find suspect material off campus. So it's not isolated to the high school campus. Anything you see that looks suspicious, please don't touch it. Please call 911. Uh, then we have mayors of uh, Santa Fe, we have the retiring Mayor Jeff Tambrella, incoming Mayor Jason Tabor. Thank you, I'm Mayor Jeff Tambrella. I want to thank all the law enforcement and other emergency responders that came so quickly to the aid of the uh, Santa Fe ISD and to our community. And I'm just asking all everyone out there to pray and put their thoughts and prayers into all, right, let's bail out of that. all the people now we're getting to the mayors of the smaller cities and then the police uh, commissioners. And then, uh, you know, we want to thank, we want to pray. We want to, okay, we're basically done with that. Bottom line is uh, we're not getting much information. Uh, it's, I find it unusual. Well, no, I don't. Uh, that at this point, 
Uh, again, it's exactly what we've been hearing. Less than 10 uh, is what the police chief said in terms of fatalities. It's being reported uh, it was eight, now at least eight. So it's all over the place, which I, I'm fairly surprised that by now they haven't released the apps, the actual numbers of people. Was it eight? Was it nine? Was it 10? Uh, there doesn't seem to be any good reason. Maybe I'm missing something. Uh, Jen, you've been covering these stories for, what, 20 years. Do you find it unusual uh, it takes this long that the number of fatalities? No, I really don't. I mean, they always err on the side of caution, and they'll wait until probably later this afternoon before they give us any official numbers um, to even say they, they believe less than 10. Uh, to me, that says that they've probably, that probably two people are critical. They've already said that at least eight are dead, maybe 10. So they... If you deduce that, that probably means that you've got two people in grave condition. And then they're saying as many as 12 people. I think the main thing that we just got out of this news conference was they are confirming there are explosive devices, not just on the campus, outside the campus. And so now they're having to alert the entire community. Hey, we don't know where all of these devices are. So immediately we go to uh, the theory that it isn't a lone gunman who just went squirrely, a high school student, uh, a Columbine situation. Well, not even a Columbine, because that was well-planned, but someone who just sort of goes over the edge, uh, loses it, uh, and and then goes in there, even though it's somewhat planned, it happens fairly spontaneously. This looks, if those explosives are connected, and I can't see how they cannot be connected, if you're talking about explosives in the school and the surrounding area, now you're taking talking about a fairly well-planned attack. And this also sort of then uh, explains why they've got this second person who's been detained. So if they've got the shooter and the shooter's in custody, but then we found out like an hour later a second person had been detained, maybe that person is the person responsible for planting the different devices. So, you know, you look at a situation, maybe one guy's responsible for the shooting, the other guy's responsible for the planting of these suspicious devices all over the place. And they're not even, I shouldn't even say suspicious, they are saying that there are explosives. They they said that. They didn't beat around the bush. They said there are explosives found both on campus and off campus. Now, is a, as the story unfolds and we get uh, bits and pieces of information, and there's a constant caveat here is that we get reports from various news outlets who come up with different reports because they're uh, talking to various people. Uh, John Thomas, we were talking a little politics, uh, is here, and uh, he just came from CNN a little while ago. And I asked, uh, what's it like in the CNN newsroom? And John said, uh, there may be 20 people, producers, line producers, assistants, who are hitting the phones and seeing any connection. So they're probably talking to dozens, if not hundreds of people. And you're going, it's like any eyewitness account. You get 10 eyewitnesses, you're going to get 10 different stories. So we get reports. It's been reported that uh, sources say we get a lot of that. Now I have a, so the story will change, although it is solidifying, it's gelling somewhat. Uh, The questions that I have, and I'm sure we're going to be finding out more, is uh, how did the shooter get in in what uh, probably is a hardened high school with security? We know there were security officers there. I'm assuming armed security officers. And especially when you're talking about, it was, it was, it was being reported as a high school student. 
a student that is at the school, an enrolled student, which makes it a lot easier for him to come in the door, clearly. But he had a trench coat on. It's 90 degrees. I mean, it is, and Texas can get hot and muggy. And so it was first reported, you first reported, Jen, that students said he looks suspicious. Yeah. Was that the suspicion? Was it the way he was looking around? Was it his demeanor? Was it both? And at this point, we don't know. And then the fact that it happened in an art class first period. And we don't know the circumstances of what happened physically. He gets into the building, clearly. Where was the art class relative to the main entrance? Yeah, that's not, I don't have the actual layout of the school. I would love to have, you know, Alex, see if we can get a floor plan of the school. I don't know if it's out there, but it, uh, my guess is probably not. I wouldn't let a floor plan of a school out. No, that's the, that's the first not. thing that uh, a bad guy would want. And when we, we know he pulled the fire alarm and then he walked into the classroom and started shooting. Why the fire alarm and what does it do when students hear that fire alarm? Do they come up near the door getting ready to go out? Uh, because obviously if there is an active shooter, the first thing students are trained to do and uh, the administration is you lock the door, you pile as much furniture as you can against the door, and you go off into a corner and uh, what you do is you brace yourself. You're holding fast, trying to minimize the potential danger. Does this mean that when he pulled the fire alarm... That student's now prepared to leave the building. I would assume so. I bet, you know, I mean, you remember back in school, if they, you know, you did a fire drill, the fire alarm goes off, you were supposed to leave everything at your desk, get up and walk outside. Alex came up with a a floor plan. No kidding. Where's the art Uh, classroom? Can you find it? It doesn't say where the classroom is, but it uh, doesn't, I don't know if there's a main administration building. It's classrooms that are spread out blocks of classrooms, actually rectangles. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, four, oh, five, six. So it's six or eight classrooms that are lined up next to each other in single buildings. Yeah, I see they've got a North Quad, a Snack Shack Quad, a Main Quad. Um, they've got basketball and tennis courts on one end. You've kind of got the football field, baseball fields. Uh, on the east side of the school. But it doesn't show the entrances. Uh, It doesn't say how many entrances there are. And I don't see an administration building. What I do is see, uh, well, there could be a couple of administration buildings, but I don't see one main building and then uh, a hallway, uh, which goes off. Okay, actually look down below where it says main quad. And this is not not easy on the radio. Uh, If you look right there, it says the main entrance. Number one, I don't, see there's a campus legend on the right-hand side uh, of the paper. Campus legend, number one, main entrance, number two, principal's office, number three, oh, okay. business and activities. That's all on the western side of the school. And it appears that those are all clustered together. The main entrance, the principal's office, business and activities, curriculum, guidance, and attendance are all clustered within what looks to be maybe two buildings there. Do you see what I'm talking about? I do. The- I do. But it looks like it's a wide-open campus. Yeah, they, and uh, the, the, it's. I imagine campuses, and uh, this is just uh, where I effectively went to high school. There are a lot of big buildings that are very close to each other. Mm-hmm. It's not a spread out campus. This is a spread out campus. 
We don't know where the art room is at this point relative to the main entrance. And is that the only entrance? And is that a hardened entrance? And uh, if he came into the, uh, if he came onto the campus uh, wearing a trench coat, at some point you would think that the, the security officers, the school security officers, who I'm assuming are armed. And again, this is all assumption here. And we're going to find out more. Uh, I'm wondering why, if they had the opportunity to stop him and where they were located. And we're going to find all of that out. We'll take a break, come back, finish it up. Uh, John, have you been able to edit that 911 call by any chance? Uh, I know I'm asking a lot uh, here in real time uh, just to get rid of uh, all of the empty spaces because it wasn't a very good call uh, in terms of the quality of the call. But we'll try to, to put that together. John, you're looking at me. It's a yes or a no on that one. Okay, he's uh, he's waving at me. John, this is radio. You have to speak. But yes, that I'm means gonna... I'm working on it. Oh, I just, uh, yes, so I wave, you know, in the American Sign Language. Uh, yeah, we'll be back. Take a break. We'll return and finish it up with the latest on the school shooting in Texas. KFI AM 640. Uh, from Houston now, these are the hospital officials hospital giving an update. Yes. Uh, the, the, six, the younger patient is a male. And can you confirm that he is a student? I, I do not know that information. But was involved with the Santa Fe shooting? Yes, he came from that area. Based on the wounds, do you have any idea of the, of the type of gun? I, I, I don't have that information. I can tell you that uh, the male patient that's in the operating room had a gunshot wound to the arm. The male patient that's under 18 had a gunshot wound to the leg. And the female patient who's in the operating room had a gunshot wound to the leg also. Do you see the male in, in surgery right now had a gunshot wound to the arm? Yes. Not the chest? Not the no. Okay. Well, we were told that the chest wound, there was some kind of a chest wound. Is it, it was close to his chest. Close, close. So Upper arm, yes. Is he still in the operating yes. room? Yes. In surgery? Yes. How many, how long has the surgery been? Uh, we have no idea how long his surgery will be. When you say someone is critical from a gunshot wound to the arm, does that mean like an artery was hit? Was it, what would make loss of blood? He, did, he did suffer a significant blood loss, and that's why he's in critical condition. Are the other two patients uh, scheduled to undergo surgery? The, the female um, who's middle-aged is in the OR now uh, with her leg wound, and the 16-year-old, I don't think we anticipate that he will need to go to the operating room. I have not seen him, so I do not know. Okay. And what about the woman? She's in the OR. She's been taken to the OR. Okay. Prepping for surgery? Yes. So if the 16-year-old does not need surgery, can we assume it was like a graze, like it was more a topical thing that you're treating rather than... I, I don't have the details about his exact injury other than it's a wound to the leg. Do you know the ages of the adults? They're middle-aged adults. I do not have the specific ages. In the like between 20s and 30s? Or 30s I think higher, probably um, 50s. 50s. And all three patients came from Santa Fe High School, right? The, the first patient arrived at our League City Hospital. She was taken, from what I understand, by her husband in a private automobile to League City and then transferred here by ambulance for our Level 1 Trauma Center. The helicopter brought the second patient from the scene, and then the, the third patient arrived by ambulance from the scene. We have not heard that we will be receiving more patients, tragically. What's the, what's the most difficult thing 
Our, our staff are busy taking care of these patients and are standing by ready for other patients to come in. That's what's going on in there right now. I think there are a lot of personal feelings that people are having. Um, as a father of a 16-year-old at Friendswood High School, this hurts. I know earlier you were getting choked up as well. Kind of tell us what's going through your mind. I mean, I think everyone is feeling the way you're feeling right now. Just, you know, it's a horrible tragedy. Our hearts go out to those folks in Santa Fe and the high school students and their teachers and their administration. And we're doing the best we can to be a community partner to take care of them. And I think, you know, we're going to continue to do that. And that's what we're here for. And that's that makes me feel better about being able to do that. When you say that you were waiting for more patients, hoping, I mean, tragically, of course, meaning, you know, we don't word that maybe there were still more survivors who needed help. We, we haven't heard, um, you know, no, there's, at the time, were you oh, word yes, okay. we, we were um, understanding that there would be additional patients. So we made ourselves ready. Have any of the relatives showed up already here? There have been some relatives who've shown up, some who don't have uh, students here or patients here, uh, but they uh, don't know where to go. So, you know, that information about the uh, Family Reunification Center at the Alamo Gym in Santa Fe is very important for uh, parents to understand that that's probably the best location to go to locate a child. Have you been in touch with other area hospitals that have taken in patients? Are you all? No, we haven't. We've uh, gotten um, support or um, offers of support from colleagues like MD Anderson have called and said, if you need us, we can come help you. Uh, but we haven't talked to hospitals that have received other patients. So you recently completed a crisis drill here? We do drills uh, probably quarterly. Uh, at UTMB to keep our level one trauma center status intact. Um, it's sort of an expectation that we uh, practice um, for these sorts of situations. So that's why we're good at it. Well, that's why we're ready at all times. Could you briefly describe just for the viewers what a level, level one designation? Sure, a level one trauma center in our nation, there are four levels of trauma centers. Level right, one is the highest we, level. We don't hear that. At, uh, that's, let's bail out of that because now we're getting into the technicalities uh, and uh, we've already heard that you have three people uh, that this trauma center has, two of them in uh, surgery. Uh, one of the questions are how many students, how many staffers. And uh, this, by the way, is the chief nursing officer, uh, not a doctor. And uh, he uh, said that there is a middle-aged woman, so we know we have at least one staffer there. It is now being confirmed that this, uh, the suspect is a 17-year-old male student. Uh, we know that's happening. Also, I want to play back the 911 call that happened this morning. Uh, now, it is hard to understand. There are some glitches in there because this is a radio and a phone call. So, and then uh, the police who are responding, who are there uh, in real time as we're listening to it. So, John, can you play that 911 or the dispatch call? Santa Fe PD's requesting mutual aid all their honey of shooting at the high school. Our 31 medic is reformatic. PD Dickinson Medic 1 needs you to stay for a shooting at Santa Fe School, 1600 Highway 6. I need you to stage for Santa Fe shooting at the school. Yes, I'm going around to the hallway. More shots fired, additional shots fired. We have several shots fired. Possibly one or two rooms in this area that we're at. They'll have several more shots. So 6704, we're coming out the front doors. Uh, West 
We got shots fired right now, guys. We need all of you. Clear. All right. So uh, as we're listening to it, uh, the police identify him as being in the art room, uh, reporting shootings and more shootings. And uh, the timeline is fairly quickly. I mean, we've uh, we've eliminated some of the uh, we've eliminated some of the, the pauses. But if you notice. It's their shooting is in the art room, and just a little while later, a matter of fact, even some seconds later, uh, he uh, the, the officer says he's in custody. So it doesn't look like there was a firefight between the suspect and the police. And we're going to find out later exactly what happens second by second. And this is what happens in early days of reporting, is that there are more questions than answers. Uh, We don't even know how many people are dead yet. So far, we have at least eight. Uh, Ed Gonzalez, who is a Harris County sheriff, uh, said at least eight, could be 10. I'm kind of surprised that we don't have an actual number. Uh, And as this thing pans out, even John Thomas, who's here, uh, asked, are we going to have the gun control conversation today? We are not. We are probably going to have it next week. And I might as well play, you know what we ought to do is just go through the archives and go back through the last five gun control topics that we've had and just play one of them. Just pick one at random. And it's going to be the same conversation that we have and will have next week. And uh, just, well, I might as well do one quick gun control uh, topic is that the uh, there's going to be a real dichotomy between uh, the student movement to control guns and the gun advocates who are going to say, this just proves that we need more armed people uh, on campus. And then the question is, how hardened was this campus? Because by now, I don't think there is a high school or junior high in the country that isn't trained for anticipates and or prepares, well, actually does prepare for a shooting just like this, where you have the police that are first responders. Uh, they, they know exactly what to do. The administration knows what to do. I don't know where the uh, armed school security was. And I have to assume today that there isn't a high school out there that doesn't have armed uh, security, armed officers on campus. Am I losing my voice a little bit? A little bit. Yeah, I hate that. But the thing, too, is I assume that that officer couldn't have been that far, don't you guys, because of, based on that 911 call, how quickly they got that suspect down. And the officer who was injured in the shooting, they say, was just grazed. He should be okay. They did airlift him, but they think that he's going to be just fine. I'm looking at a map of the school itself. And the main quad, you you walk in, uh, and you're not even walking to a building from what I see. The entrance is between two buildings. Right. And then you're walking in, and then you're into a main quad. And then there are classroom buildings, and they look like they're one story. I can't tell with uh, this particular high school map. And uh, you walk right into a quad, and then on the other side, and on the other end of the quad, uh, you have uh, these buildings with four or five classrooms attached to each other. Imagine these very long rectangles that uh, split up with uh, classrooms. 
We have no idea how many resource officers was there, were there, where they were on campus, because they could have been, the shooting could have been on one side, and it's quite possible that a resource officer, and how many are there, because I'm assuming they go around the campus. I mean, they don't just park at one place. Uh, where they are, and we'll uh, certainly we'll figure it out, and maybe... Uh, Gary Hoffman, you'll have some news uh, about what's going on. Obviously, you're covering this. Yes. Yes. And I can't imagine they're going to be covering a whole lot more. Uh, probably not. Uh, we do know that the suspect has been identified as a 17-year-old male student. We had a couple of students who were giving interviews give a first name, but we haven't get, we haven't heard a last name. Um, uh, the school itself, uh, everything else has been canceled, obviously. They have a big message on their website. Uh, the school district also has a similar message just saying, uh, all the details about where parents can go to get all the information. I think about 11 o'clock our time is when we're expecting the next big news conference. We know that Governor Greg Abbott is on his way. If he hasn't already landed at the school, they were going to fly him in via helicopter so that he could be there uh, to sort of take charge, I guess, of the situation, at least to have uh, some sort of administrative role there. So when he gets there, I'm sure they're going to do some sort of an impromptu news conference. But we know the big one is going to be at 11 o'clock. That's supposed to be when we're going to get the most yeah. information. So. As far as a timeline is concerned, uh, it started this morning, uh, and that's Texas time at five at seven thirty, right. which is five thirty our time. School's supposed to start at eight, so uh, students were already on campus, and uh, some were in that classroom. And uh, from what we know, the shooter went into that particular classroom. Uh, an art classroom, first period, and uh, started shooting up the classroom. We don't know the motive. We don't know if he was gunning for a specific student. We don't know if it was simply random. Uh, we They know who it is. The students certainly know who it is sure. because he was a student there. We I'm surprised we have not gotten a name yet four and a half hours later. Because by now it would have leaked, don't you think? Yeah, well, I, it, they, they are working. The people who need to know, no. We'll say that. Um, for us, it's just a curiosity at this point. The The weirdest part about this, though, is that they're talking about explosive devices that have been found at the school and around yeah. outside of the campus. So they're telling everybody in that town, if you see anything suspicious, to let us know about it so that they can go check it out. Yeah, which begs the question, how well planned was this? And it sure looks like it was, based on the explosives being found. Okay, coming up, uh, well, tomorrow it's Handle on the Law, starting at 6 a.m., and then, uh, of course, Gary and Shannon coming up. And I would normally say have a good show. But, Gary, you've, you've got a tough four hours ahead. We'll of have you. a long show. Yeah, you're going to have a long show. This is uh, Handle in the Morning Crew, KFI AM 640.